Hello listeners, welcome to the PLB India podcast and we have our recurring guest speaker Carlos Mirabal here. So today we are going to talk about the importance of grassroots networks in the ecosystem of baseball. So Carlos, how is everything going over there in USA? Everything is going great. Um, you know, I've been busy myself teaching a lot of kids. Uh, baseball now is what we call the off season, uh, which I like to call the improvement season. So we could take all of the, the kids that had played during their year and we could start improving their individual skills, uh, whether it's pitching, hitting, fielding, you know, catching, throwing. Um, now is the time that we can really focus in an indoor facility because in here in the New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania area, the weather starts to get cold. So everything kind of goes indoors um, now, but the training starts to get a little bit more intense uh, because we got to get all these kids better with their abilities and their skills to be prepared for next season, which here starts usually in the March, April um, months when the, when the weather starts to get a little warmer and everybody can get outside. Wow. You have so, you know, five more months ahead. I mean, to prepare the kids for the next season, mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, you can really improve the abilities of the said kids. Well, absolutely. So- absolutely. Well, that's great. So, yeah. So, just give me a brief see. Uh, I know about a baseball, like how it is going. Like, you know, you have to start playing as a kid, you know, to show up those skills for any kid to become an athlete in future because it's not a sport which you'll pick up in your 23 and you can't excel at it. Best example, we have Michael Jordan. I mean, he was a basketball legend, considered the greatest of all time. But he really had a kind of a pretty a- below average you know, stint with the baseball at the top level. So, I mean, Jordan is considered as the finest athlete ever by many Americans, I suppose. He even couldn't, you know, leave his mark in that. So how do you suggest that? What What is the specific age you suggest that a kid should pick up the sport baseball to excel in it further? Well, the, the thing about baseball is, you know, you, you can be a really good athlete or you don't have to be a really good athlete. Baseball is a skill-oriented sport. So, it, you know, the, the skill of hitting a baseball, it's you always hear the, the terminology, or, or, or I would say the, the way I say it, is you always hear hitting a round baseball with a round bat squarely is the hardest thing to do in all the sports. So it's a skill-oriented hand-eye coordination sport, and it takes practice. So you can have great athletes that adjust to try to play baseball and don't necessarily um, pick it up right away because it's like I said, it's a skill. So a perfect example, if you remember, uh, I want to say it was in the nineties, Michael Jordan, the the best basketball player ever stopped playing basketball and he became a Chicago White Sox organization, professional baseball player. And it was a little hard on him to, because he hadn't played since he was, you know, younger, like he was a little kid, but, you know, he, he always did dream about baseball, but he didn't really pick it up as much. Uh, being one of the greatest athletes, you know, his hitting, his fielding, his throwing, you know, he, he struggled a little bit. Now, if he would have stayed with it a little longer, you know, because it's a skill, the more you practice it, the better you get. You know, he might have he been able to turn into a, a really good baseball player. Um, so the thing at the youth level is whether it's a, a younger kid, a high school age kid, a teenager, or someone around there, um, it's good to be an athlete. It's good to play other sports. If he plays, you know, uh, you know, cricket or football or, 
basketball. And then, you know, during season, just practice a little bit with your baseball skills of swinging a baseball bat and trying to hit a baseball. Um, you can, you can maintain the ability to play baseball. Um, a lot of kids in the United States will play football, American football, um, or soccer, um, you know, which is what you guys call football. Um, they'll play those sports. And then during the winter time here in the United States, they'll start training again for baseball to be ready for the spring, or they'll play basketball. And then they'll start in January or February to start their skills uh, so they can get better so that they can train for baseball. So because it's a skill oriented sport, the more you uh, do drills and hit, you know, just the regular hitting, uh, the more you work on your pitching mechanics, which is, you know, how you throw the baseball to the catcher or the if you're a catcher in the catcher position, you work on your ability to, you know, block baseballs and, um, you know, throw people uh, out from the catcher position. Or if you're an outfielder working on the skills as an outfielder and infield as well, ground balls, you could do all that in indoor facilities uh, with coaches like myself who are former professionals. Uh, that can help teach you the right, correct ways to get your body into certain positions, um, practice those skills and teach you little things that we might have learned over the course of our life that got us to these higher levels. And we can pass that information on to, you know, to anybody that, you know, is, is willing to learn. So um, the, the, the grassroots level is very important when it comes to what we call off seasons or I call improvement seasons. Um, is to really fine tune and sharpen up some of those skills that it takes to field a ground ball or hit a baseball. So that's why the, the time period now is very crucial because when the season is going on, you're practicing those skills, but at the same time, you're playing competitive games. So you don't have a lot of time to really fine tune some of the skills that might need areas of work. And when you're older, if you haven't really worked on those skills, it's harder to uh, develop those skills at a competitive level if you if you just haven't done them in a while. So um, for, for younger kids at the grassroots levels, it, this is the time that you can really keep those skills going to improve and get better. So when your season does start, you, you don't have to focus on things like that. You can focus on things further to develop you know, your, your experience and your playing experience. And, and, and that's what we kind of do here now is this is that time period now of like the end of November, December, January, February to get everybody ready for March and April. Well, that's a you know, very good insight. Uh, so, you know, uh, as you are saying that a specific uh, person who have to shine up on their skills when they're young to perform at a better stage when they grow big because they won't really be having a proper time to shine upon their skills. Well, I do agree with you on that because uh, in a sport like uh, European football or, uh, you know, soccer as you call, so mm -hmm. that is like a tactically ambivalent sport. Like you can, if you're a hard worker, even if you don't have much of a skill, but if you are playing in a team with a proper tactical setup or there is someone who can cover for you, I mean, yeah, you can get through it even at the highest stages of the game. But baseball, the ball hitting entirely comes down to the ability of that specific batter to, you know, implement that specific thing that day, any day. So, yeah, I guess, you know, you're right. I mean, those things won't come out of, out of anyone at, at any time. They have to be practicing all while long, right? 
Absolutely. And, and the difference of being at a younger age and practicing as opposed to an older age and, and just starting to practice again, like maybe if you were younger and now you stopped and you're trying to do it again, is when you're at a young level, the, the ability of everybody is, is kind of equal. You know, maybe you have a couple kids that are a little more advanced, but you're not really seeing as a hitter, you're, you're not really seeing much advanced pitching where they can make the ball spin and move and, and really go at high speeds. So when you're young, you, you, you're still learning it. Your brain is still comprehending all of the different um, spins of the baseballs as you're trying to hit it, the speeds of the baseballs as you're trying to hit it. You're still trying to work on your coordination of your body to get in certain positions to be able to hit the ball. So when you're young, it's easier to absorb all of that information and, and gain that experience at the more you practice. When you're older, the the level if you're trying to be a hitter and you haven't hit in a really long time because you're playing another sport or doing something and you pick up a baseball bat and you try to hit well now you're facing pitchers that are more advanced so the velocities of the ball and the spins are going to be more and and everything is just a little more advanced in the in, in the movements of the baseballs it's harder to hit and that's why they always say you know it's one of the hardest skills in all of sports is to hit a baseball so is it impossible no there, it's just a matter of the kind of practice that you do, finding an instructor um, that has experience of being able to teach an, uh, a person that's a little bit older how to advance his training so that he can eventually, you know, try to try to be a baseball player again and hit a baseball. Um, and when it's at the youth level, it's like I said, it's still kind of new stuff for the for the youth for the grassroots level people so they're still kind of learning so um if, if you get a kid that's never played before and he's you know 12 years old or 13 years old he's going to be able to absorb information and pick it up a lot faster and develop those skills over time um to be better as he gets older as opposed to the older person who has to really try to retrain his brain on how to see a baseball um and hit a baseball, which is, is it's not easy to do. It's, it's very, very hard. Uh, well, so Carlos, uh, just give me a brief idea, like, you know, how uh, good the grassroots network is in USA, like, and how the kids get enrolled into the academies and how many of them or how, what is the percentage of percentage of the people who enroll actually go on to represent their high school or college teams further down the line. So, just, so it, yeah. So here in the United know, States. Yeah. Okay. No, you need not be statistically accurate, but just give me a brief idea of how good it is in terms of percentage. Yeah. Um, I, so if I had to, if I had to tell you the way it kind of works is is in the United States, um, it's a very high percentage of kids today that play baseball. Um, everybody loves baseball. It's, it's a high percentage of kids that play baseball, and and in the United States, because of the different areas. So, for instance, in the southern states, uh, like the Florida, Texas. Arizona, where the weather's warmer, kids can be outside more. And, and these academies will be run outside where these kids can practice and play all year round uh, because their weather conditions in the northern states, uh, the New York and, you know, Chicago and areas like that, we have to have indoor facilities. Now, most of the training that you have to get done during the off seasons and during the seasons when your youth levels um, it's, it's really not hard. There's a lot of them all over the place. There's a lot of former professional uh, baseball players that have all these different academies. So 
um, it's, it's pretty much easy to find um, wherever you live. So if you were to just come here from the, you know, from India and you move to Texas, there's going to be an academy or somewhere in, in the area that you move um, that's relative to, to the home that you're staying at where you can join the academy and train for practice. And, and the way they do it here is they have individual lessons that uh, a, a child or, or high school kid or somebody can train with an instructor like myself as a former professional, we could do one-on-one -on -one lessons. And then a lot of these academies run what they call teams. Uh, they're academy teams. And um, it's, it's some of them are young developmental type teams. And then other ones are where they actually have tryouts. You know, you got to try out for the team. They're elite teams. And a lot of these elite teams will travel around either the state that you're living in or out of state. And some of them will travel from the north to the south. Some of them will travel from the south to the north and they'll play in tournaments. And a lot of the baseball structure today has been these academies have been running their own teams and playing in all of these different tournaments. And obviously the Southern states have bigger tournaments because there's, there's more facilities, there's more, um, there's more structure, the states are bigger, so there's a lot more availability to them. And what a lot of these academies are doing today is they're taking all of these kids from when they're youth levels um, at the grassroots level and they're training one-on-one, -on -one. they're playing on the teams, what they call club teams or travel teams. And then the former professionals like myself or former college coaches or whoever's running the instruction will help these kids get to colleges. They'll help them uh, get seen by the college coaches. They'll uh, help them by calling up maybe former colleagues that they have that are, are now college coaches and they get these kids seen. Um, and at the same time, some of these academies have run what they call showcases where they'll invite the college universities to come see all of these kids perform their skills, whether it's pitching, hitting, fielding, throwing, or whatever it is. And then the colleges will take a lot of the kids from these academies or, or instructional facilities or whatever you, you know, whatever their names are, um, and they'll bring them to college. So the percentage of youth kids that are doing a lot of baseball training and facilities is a very high percentage. Um, the amount of youth kids that train at these facilities go on to play at their high school level teams. They do the travel teams, which will travel all over the state or, or, or different states and the club teams. And, uh, and then what happens is a lot of these kids, I don't know the percentage wise, because there's different levels of college. There's what they call division one, division two, II, division three, and then junior colleges. And that's depending upon how many you know kids go to school. And usually the division one, college baseball players are, are more of the better um, I wouldn't I guess I can't say better but they're more of the ones where they the coaches can offer them more scholarships than a division two or division three um, in division three they don't offer scholarships so um, the talent level at the elite division one is considered the best in the country so it's a very small percentage of kids that go to those elite division one colleges and then division two to division three the percentages are a little higher um so but that's kind of how it's been working in in the united states today is they start out at the grassroots level with these academies to learn the skills play on you know local club teams or travel teams they advance to high school play on high school travel teams and also for their actual high school 
um, and then they go on to college and then a very, 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 very small percentage will go on to play at the professional level. So when your youth level is high percentage and then in these academies and high schools and it, it, the percentages get a little bit lower as you go up in, in your ability to play. Wow. So I think that pretty much summed up, you know, the, how the grassroots uh, network regarding the baseball, you know, how it operates in the U.S. Well, that's so any more ending points you have to add on the specific topic, because actually whatever uh, I want to talk, I have spoken to you already. So, yeah, yeah no, what, what, uh, what I want to say is, is, um, you know, because, you know, obviously we're trying to, you know, attract uh, the, the whole, you know, the whole baseball community of India. And we're trying to get them to really understand what it takes to play baseball. So I don't want these numbers, if we're throwing percent, like if there's any percentages that we do mention or don't mention or, or say high percentage or low percentages, I don't want them to be discouraged. Um, it, you can play baseball and you can have fun and you can play at higher levels if you practice. It, it's all about your skill level. You know, if you're practicing, if you don't have a team to play for and you have a group of kids, what we used to call sandlot, you're playing sandlot ball, which is basically like if you got, you know, eight or nine kids and you go to a local field and you just play a game on your own or you just practice on your own, which is not structured by a coach or um, an academy. And and there's a lot of, you know, older times, a lot of kids used to do that. And and we call it sandlot playing. And, and they you can still become a great baseball player. You can still, as long as you practice your skills and your abilities, and with today's technology of, of like we're doing right now, I'm in New York, you're in India, we're doing a Zoom meeting, we're getting information out there. I have, I have kids right now, high school kids, 18, 19, um, or, or even, you know, those 17 to 19 year old range from India, they'll message me over WhatsApp or, or send me emails and they'll show me videos of them pitching or hitting and I'll help them to try to develop whether it's, you know, the pitching or the hitting um, and I'll help them one-on-one -on -one and I'll send them and say, Hey, this is what I see. This is what we need to do. This is what, how we should practice. This is, and they'll take that information and practice it on their own. So you don't have to be in the Academy to get instruction or proper instruction or proper ways to play baseball. So I want everybody in India to really understand that, um, you, you know, you don't just because if you're not on a team, doesn't mean you can't practice baseball. Doesn't mean you can't play baseball. When I was a little kid, I used to take a ball. I had my glove. Sometimes I didn't have my glove and I would throw the ball against a wall and I would always pretend and visualize if I'm pitching against a batter. And then when the, when the ball bounced off the wall, I would pretend like I'm fielding if a batter hit the ball and I would go into fielding. A lot of times if I didn't have a baseball, um, I, would I would take a tennis ball. A tennis ball bounces off the wall really well. So I would throw the ball off the tennis, uh, tennis ball off the wall. It bounced back to me and I would just use my bare hands and practice catching it. Wow. That's a skill that baseball players use. So when you do that, you get better. And then when you finally put a glove on and there's a batter and hits a ball to you, it's the same skill. So we used to call it here. We used to play a game called stickball. And we used to find a wall, usually like at a schoolyard or something, because nobody's there, like in the summertime. And we would take a chalk and draw like a square box. And that square box would be a strike zone. And then we would take a broom and cut the broom, you know, the, the part that sweeps. We yeah, would yeah, cut yeah. It off. So we would have the broom handle and the broom handle would be the bat. 
and we'd wow. take some tennis ball. Well, well, I wouldn't say take tennis balls. We'd go like where the tennis courts were and they hit the balls over the fence and we'd take the balls <laughs> and we'd take the tennis balls and we'd have a bunch of tennis balls. We'd have the broom handle as a bat. We draw with the chalk because that could be erased off the wall. It's not paint or anything like that. And then, you know, we'd have a pitcher and a hitter. And if there was two of us, there would just be two of us. And then we would just, you know, pretend like, okay, if you hit the ball and I catch it, whether it's on the ground or I catch it with my bare hands, that's an out. If you hit it in the air and I catch it, it's an out. If you hit it to a certain point, that would be considered a single, you know, man on first base. If you hit it to another certain point, it would be considered a double, which is, you know, guy goes to second base. Now, if we got a man on first base and a guy on second base, and then if you hit it past another certain distance, it'd be a home run. And then they would hit, you know, you hit the ball. And if you score runs, you keep track on your own. And after you get three outs, you would switch. And then the other guy would pitch and you grab the broomstick and then you would hit. So it's our ability with a simple game that only takes, like I said, a broom handle, a piece of chalk and a tennis ball. And you find a wall where, you know, obviously you're not going to break any windows or do anything like that. You draw the, the, the box, which is the strike zone. So if you throw the pitch and he doesn't swing and it, it goes in the box, it's a strike. If it's out of the box, it's a ball. Um, you follow the same simple rules. There's just no running on the bases because there's no, you know, it's just if you hit it, it's a single and you hit again. Really? We used to play that all the time. So it practices the skills of throwing a baseball and trying to hit a spot. You know what I mean? So imagine if you throw into to a catcher. Um, yes, got it. So, you know, one got to give the commitment to it. So it's like, it's okay if you don't have the equipment as long as you have the desire to play the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you don't have equipment, like I said, you tennis ball and a broom handle. That's that all you need. Too. And you could become a great baseball player. You well, in India, you know, every one of us have a cricket bat. So even that would help to us. It's like, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, so I'm, now tur- turn it into baseball. Just get the broom handle. Yeah. And now you can swing it like a baseball bat. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's very generous of you, you know, to answer to all the Indian uh, young players who seek you for the advice regarding how to play, what are the flaws. I really appreciate that you're doing this because as of now, India is still an uprising uh, community regarding the baseball and the grassroots are being set now with MLB being interested in investing in the grassroots and also several baseball clubs and leagues forming in India. So I think, you know, we will be one among the one among the first to actually bring in some real change in this country. Vast country, because as you know, India is one of the largest and proper, if someone can tap this population with the proper uh, policy or a proper, you know, ideology, I think that thing can go big. So I think baseball is going to be one of that. Absolutely. And, and, and the thing about it is, is I always try to preach to the younger kids like I said, play the games like stickball. Play those little games because that can make you and help you become a better baseball player. And you just got to play them. You know, you just got to be out there and have fun with it. And and what happens is, um, and, and today, and the reason I stress um, the stickball games or, or having fun, and, and I try my hardest to reach out and, and people that reach out to me, uh, from India to help them is because there's so much information out there that's like misinformation. You know, there's so many people out there that just want to really try to put out so much information that's not really helpful to what it actually takes to play baseball. So my part of what I want India to become is a ba- a place that really enjoys, really understands, and really respects the game of baseball. And when you start at the grassroots level with, with the MLB trying to help you, 
it's very important to to you know take those things that I'm saying like have fun play those little games with the tennis ball use your bare hands but so when you get a glove it's easy um it's very important to preach those messages and and I think it's there's more people like me I'm sure that uh when when people reach out uh the the, the teenagers 17 year old 18 19 or anybody when it comes to wanting to really help them develop baseball it, it takes I always tell people you got to have passion about it you got to be passionate about it if you're not passionate about it it doesn't work it's not going to work if you bring too much technology and you do that stuff without having that real love for the baseball game it's it's not going to work and when you're a young kid you're impressionable so the MLB is great being over there because then you know they'll the youth will have so much access to the the most elite highest level of baseball and it's fun and when they watch it it's fun it's just like like cricket i'm sure when they watch the cricket team like the mumbai indians or or someone like that it's it's very exciting and they go i want to be out there i want to be that i want to be that bowler i want to be that that batter i want to you know, I want to be that person out there. Well, baseball is the same thing. And with the MLB being there and being able to show the games and do all of this stuff, kids will start to be like, I want to be out there. I want to be that person in front of all of those crowds screaming and cheering, but it starts at the young level and you develop the passion for it and you continue. And then what happens is when all of those youth players get older, well, then they start to teach the younger and it's a, it's a generational thing. And that's how you build baseball in India. And you don't just do it right away. It takes time and it has to be people committed to, to doing things like we're doing right now, the podcast. So people can listen, right? This is what it takes to build baseball in India. And, and this is a great thing that you're doing to put this information out there, you know, getting myself and others to do interviews so that everybody can learn. And this is, this is how it gets done. You're doing the groundwork, the ground level work to get baseball in India to grow. So you're like the foundation, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's been baseball in there, but it hasn't really grown. But now it's going to start to grow. And from this point here, this is going to be in history. Well, India had baseball for a while, but no, no. 2021, 2022, now it's going to start to develop. That's when it really takes off. And that's going to be a point that people will remember the turning point of making baseball in India a popular sport, a fun sport, and developing the athletes to be able to play at higher levels internationally. And when India develops its own professional league, to make that professional league one of the elite leagues in Asia around the world. Well, you know, that's well put. And we re I really hope, you know, you and I will contribute at least a little, you know, at least we can change one or two people's influence of the sport. I think that, will, I mean, we'll be doing a great job. So more on that later. So, well, guys, so that's the content for today's episode. And I really think Carlos gave you a lot of inputs to process because it is taking a toll on me right now. So yeah. we, are concluding. <laughs> we are concluding now. So we'll be back with other episode very soon with Carlos again. And so do with the rest of the speakers on different topics. So yeah, signing off and thank you for listening. Thank you very much.